Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Into the Borough podcast. My name is Jared, and joining me as always is Linda. Hello, everyone. And this is our holiday episode, so happy holidays, everyone. Ooh, Merry Christmas. I know. It took forever to get here to the end of the year, but also I felt like I've accomplished nothing in my personal life in 2020. So it's kind of sad, but so much. Yeah. I wasn't talking about like, I guess I graduated and I guess, yeah, no, you're right. But at the same time, it just feels like I shouldn't take credit for that in, in this year, you know? I guess that's fair. I mean, I'm sure everyone can agree by now that this year should be pretty much like non-existent. But for what it was worth, I feel like you've accomplished quite a bit. I mean, you know, you got on to Morbidly Beautiful, you graduated, got a new job, and, you know, we did a whole freaking film festival on here. I feel like you've done quite a bit. Yeah, that film festival was still a highlight of this year for me. Oh my god, me too. No, it it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, and it was one of the few times that I kind of forgot about everything else that was going on, you know, right. in life. Mm-hmm. And it was nice to watch movies, because really I haven't had that much time to watch anything. I- I'll probably watch Wonder Woman, to be honest. Um, I'll probably have that on in the background, Wonder Woman 1984. And then I'm going to try and watch like a couple more movies before I make my year-end list. Um, Linda, I don't think there's enough... Um, I don't think we had enough content to make our, our normal, uh, video about our, um, top 10 or top five favorite horror films. Oh, Um, absolutely not. (laughs) Yeah. I, which kind of stinks. Um, but you know, like at the same time, there were some really good movies that we watched specifically Mm -hmm. out of Nightstream and then on Shudder. So Absolutely. I mean, if you guys want to know what we enjoyed watching, feel free to go back at some of our past podcasts of this last year. We'll let you know if they were hits or misses. I mean, I feel like for what it was worth, most of them we enjoyed very, very much. Um, Mm -hmm. But of course, we did have a couple that we were like, "Mm, no. (laughs) But I mean, yeah, take a look at our past podcasts if you do want to know what we enjoyed this year. Yeah, that we watched a lot of stuff. Um, even though it feels like we watched significantly less than other years, um, I think it's different to not watching them in the theater, right? That I mean, that's the story of this whole entire. Right. I saw um, two movies in the theater before the theaters were closed down in March, and The Lodge was one of them. And The Lodge was great. Um, speaking of like christmas like snowy themed like horror movies um the lodge is simply fantastic and um while it's not necessarily christmas themed it is family centric it is taking place in the winter time um and it's it's just about isolation let me see if you can actually watch the lodge anywhere because that might play into our discussion later okay it looks like it's on hulu so if you haven't seen the lodge i highly recommend it did you get around to watching it I don't want to upset you right now. It's Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> you guys don't understand. For like all of like late last year to early this year, I feel like he just kept going like, Linda, watch The Lodge. And I was like, I'm going to do it. And 
now I'm just realizing it's December and I never got around to doing it. Well, you have some you have your own recommendation from me <laughs> on what to watch. Um we're going to get into all of that actually. Um recommending some Christmas themed like holiday movies um that you can watch while you're locked indoors, still battling the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, so you have some stuff to watch with your family um, on this kind of low-key, kind of offbeat Christmas. But hopefully these movies bring you some sense of joy that we discuss later on in the episode. And hopefully like you can still find some entertainment there, even though you aren't going out to the movie theater with your family. I know that's a tradition for a lot of people, and it kind of, you know... This year. Um, yeah, I'm not going to say any more than that because we've we've kind of talked about it so much. <laughs> but um, yeah, next year, next year, we'll be able to go back, hopefully out into the theater and uh, you can take your family and uh, spend a whole lot of money in the theaters. Honestly, when we get to the point where that vaccine is widely distributed to the general public and and the movie theaters start opening again, go spend like hundreds of dollars at the theater, you know, keep them in business. Uh, especially the like local locally owned ones. Absolutely. Um, but uh, yeah, we're going to get into all of our recommendations for Christmas movies going forward. But first, um, real quick, we did have some news this week that I wanted to get to and a couple of trail. I don't know. Did you, did you watch the trailers that were on the show notes? Yeah, I did. Oh, oh okay. You did. Okay. We'll talk about those briefly. We're not going to talk about them for too long but when we come back from this short break expect to hear about our opinions on the little things and palmer as far as trailers go and then we've got some exciting news about the exorcist project that that me and you both were kind of hesitant about at first um and i think my opinion may have changed due to this news story that we're going to cover and also is legendary entertainment going to win the battle against warner brothers in terms of releasing dune exclusively to the theatrical market all that when we return Today is a great day to start your own podcast. Whether you're looking for a new marketing channel, have a message you want to share with the world, or just think it would be fun to have your own talk show, podcasting is an easy, inexpensive, and fun way to expand your reach online. And Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. Your show can be listed in all the major podcast directories like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more within minutes of finishing your first recording. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. We use Buzzsprout and can attest that it is a cakewalk compared to some of the other hosting platforms that we've used. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners, and the team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. So what are you waiting for? Grab your gear that you already have, and then find a quiet space to record and talk about all your favorite things. Following the link in the show notes lets Buzzsprout know that we sent you, gets you a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan, and helps support our show. We can't wait to hear your passion. And now for your last week's news update. Axel Metz of TechRadar writes... Dune producers are fighting to keep the movie a theatrical release. 
Legendary Entertainment, the producers behind the upcoming blockbusters Dune and Godzilla vs. Kong, will reportedly challenge Warner Brothers over its decision to shift its entire 2021 film schedule to a hybrid of theatrical releases and same-day streaming via HBO Max. A report by Deadline suggests the production company was blindsided by the decision, which comes as the coronavirus pandemic continues to shutter cinemas around the world. According to the report, Legendary thinks the move is necessary to preserve the franchise potential of Dune, which is part of the planned two-part adaptation of Frank Herbert's novel. The film is also going to lay the groundwork for a Dune television series on HBO Max called Dune, The Sisterhood. Brandon Katz of Observer writes, David Gordon Green in talks to direct Exorcist sequel for Blumhouse. Blumhouse Productions and Morgan Creek are developing a sequel to The Exorcist for David Gordon Green to direct, Observer has exclusively learned. It is not yet clear if the project will be his first directorial effort following his delayed sequel, Halloween Kills, now set for October 2021. Blumhouse and Morgan Creek had no comment. McKenna Kelly of The Verge writes, New felony streaming measure is aimed at piracy services, not Twitch streamers. Yes, Congress approved a new bill this past Monday that would classify illegal streaming as a felony offense, but the feds won't be going after your favorite Twitch streamers, YouTubers, or their subscribers. They're more interested in services dedicated to streaming pirated content. On Monday night, Congress approved an over $2 trillion government spending and coronavirus relief package that included a handful of controversial copyright and trademark measures. A felony streaming bill authored by Senator Tom Tillis was included as part of that massive package. The news circulated all across the internet, and in a poorly headlined Hollywood Reporter article and other tweets and YouTube videos, content creators and their fans grew increasingly concerned that the bill could threaten their livelihoods on their favorite means of entertainment. But according to a press release from Tillis's office and statements made by tech advocacy groups like Public Knowledge, streamers and their fans have no cause for alarm. On its fourth page, the bill outlines what would qualify as a felony behavior under the law. Currently, streaming unlicensed content is a misdemeanor offense. Still, it's totally understandable that YouTubers and streamers would freak out about a bill whose final text was released only days before it was approved. Social video platforms haven't done the best job in the past with copyright. Digital Millennium Copyright Act, DMCA, claims and strikes. YouTube's algorithm frequently flags content as violating copyright even when it doesn't. For a long time, copyright owners like Universal were able to claim videos without expressly stating where copyrighted material appeared in the content. Copyright is messy. Still, there's more bad copyright news coming from Senator Tillis in the next congressional term. The senator is planning to offer up additional copyright changes next year that have already spooked the tech and creative industries. National Journal reported on Tuesday that Tillis had been circulating a draft proposal of a bill that would completely reform the DMCA. The bill would include a notice and stay-down provision that could make copyright bots, like YouTube's Content ID, stricter. Tim Malloy of Movie Maker Magazine writes theaters to get billions in federal stimulus package. The $900 billion stimulus deal reached in Congress this past week includes roughly $15 billion in aid for struggling movie theaters, live venues, and other cultural institutions, a lifeline for businesses shut down for months by COVID-19. The so-called Save Our Stages provision includes $15 billion in 
quote, dedicated funding for live venues, independent movie theaters, and cultural institutions. The benefits could be make or break for small businesses. And that concludes your last week's news update. If you would like to support The Borough Reviews or the Into the Borough podcast, please consider subscribing to our Patreon campaign. Our Patreon offers four distinct memberships. Candyman, a $1 a month tier to show your general support for what we do. It follows a $2 a month tier that will grant you early access to our videos before they release on YouTube. Hereditary, a $5 a month tier with exclusive podcast discussions. And member-only polls so you control what content we focus on each month. And finally, Trick or Treat, a $10 a month tier where you'll get exclusive videos, behind-the-scene content, and all of the other tier perks combined. During these times, it is crucial for us to remain stable, and with your help, we can get there. Head over to patreon.com slash Reviews to sign up. The Borough Reviews, your movie refuge. So let's be a little reverse here. And before we talk about the news, um, why not discuss the trailers, right? Um, This is the holiday episode. This is the Christmas episode for you. We're celebrating. We're having a good time. Um, And so we're going to talk about something that I'm actually kind of excited about both of these movies. So um, specifically, though, I'm more excited about uh, the little things, I think, even though I think there's a greater potential for me to be disappointed by the little things. But The Little Things is a crime drama um, and also a thriller, too. Um, And it stars Denzel Washington, Rami Malek, and Jared Leto. And it's directed by John Lee Hancock, who directed The Blind Side. So I I didn't even really notice that until I looked at the IMDb page. And I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. But um so i i do think the little things has the greatest potential for for things to go wrong um and literally the description on imdb just so you all know is two cops track down a serial killer (laughs) i mean it doesn't really give you much but i think there is a hidden plot under the surface with denzel washington's character just based on the trailer and um the fact that we don't have any character information, we have nothing about the cast, the three main cast members anyway, on IMDb, there's like no cast name or anything. Um, there's definitely something interesting going on with this movie, and I haven't put my finger on it, but I am excited about it. Um, what did you think? I honestly think it might be something special. Um I kind of like that they're keeping it hidden. This is kind of one of those movies where I, I don't really want to know a whole lot about it. I want to I want to go into it completely just unbiased, not knowing anything about what's going to happen or anything about these characters. Just because I I think it's just going to make the movie all the more fun. It from what I got with the trailer, it seemed like the kind of movie where you really didn't need a whole lot of information to be interested, which I think Mm -hmm. is pretty impressive for a trailer. Like sometimes trailers can be a little vague and it just kind of leaves you more confused than anything. And if anything, it does kind of make you not even care to watch it. But I I like the tension that they had in this trailer 
And it really kept me going. And I actually really do like the cast with this, with Denzel Washington and Rami Malek. I really like Rami Malek. But I think this is just definitely going to be just, I don't know. It's it's kind of hard to explain with it being like a trailer that you didn't really get a whole lot out of. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I am interested and I do actually really want to watch this. It. It seems like a really good, like, just a really good detective movie. And I know we get a lot of those, but there's just something something special about this. And I, I kind of want to see it all the way through and just kind of yeah. see what's, what's keeping me clicked into it. Yeah, I think a lot of it, too, has to do with the fact that you have three powerhouse actors leading the film, right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, the trailer was pretty, pretty... Um, clear on the fact that it wanted to market this as a, hey, look, we have Academy Award winner Denzel Washington and Academy Award winner Jared Leto and Rami Malek. And, you know, it was really gearing towards that. And then I started to think, yeah, well, if you have these three signed on, I I do think that there must be something there script-wise that's worth at least shooting. Um, So, yeah, no, I think you're right when you say that, like, there is probably something at least special in terms of 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 writing in terms of um, innovation in this genre, which it desperately needs. And also Denzel Washington in any of these roles has my money most times um, because it's so interesting to watch. Uh, One of my favorite movies, actually, um, which wait, I have to. Is this uh, a Christmas movie? Hold on. Um, <laughs> um, is it? Uh, I feel like it is. I feel like it partly takes takes place in in the like winter time. Fallen? Have you watched Fallen? Fallen? Yeah, Fallen with uh, it has Denzel Washington and John Goodman in it, and also Donald uh-huh. Sutherland, a um, couple of other people, James Gandolfini. But uh, it's like a detective movie, but also uh, kind of like um like a horror movie at the same time about like a demon. I don't know. It's a super interesting movie. Uh, and I can't remember whether, yeah. yeah, I can't remember whether or not it's a Christmas movie, but, um, it certainly is so, so, so good. And I just, I think Denzel Washington's a great actor, so he can really pretty much do anything that he wants. And I'll probably be like, yeah, I'm going to check it out. I don't know. It's not telling me anywhere if it's a Christmas movie or not. I know. I tried to look it up too. Uh, here is is Fallen a Christmas movie? How about that? Oh my god! Oh, it doesn't say anything. Uh, there are no um. That's okay. Uh, I'll have to watch it again and and determine whether I'm pretty sure it ends in the winter time. But okay. Um. It's been such a long time. Me and my mom really liked that movie. We watched it together a lot. Um, So in other news, we have a very different trailer, um, and that is for Palmer. Palmer is directed by Fisher Stevens, and it stars Juno Temple, June Squibb, and Justin Timberlake, as well as Dean Winters. Um, And it is about an ex-convict who strikes up a friendship with a boy from a troubled home. And... Wow. This trailer, I mean, I like it it feels so um it it kind of felt heavy-handed in a couple of different places with its thematic material, right? I mean, we've seen this story before, right? Like the hardened right. ex-convict who 
who, you know, comes to his sensibilities about the cultural shifts and the dynamics, you know, in everyday life. And we've seen it so many times before, but I think there's something really special here, um, specifically with Justin Timberlake's performance, you know, like, I mean, he just seemed so like enthralled with this role and he seemed to really connect with that character on a level that really we haven't seen him connect with in quite some time. I mean, I think the last movie that I saw him in was uh, In Time. Is that yes, weird? that's like, exactly the movie I was thinking of when I was watching this trailer. Yeah, it's okay, right? Like, I don't mind yeah. In Time, but it feels like he's definitely more grounded in this role. Yeah, I mean, the trailer, I like the trailer, and it seems like it'll be a really good movie. I just don't think I'm going to want to watch it. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just get I this. I have this really, really like, I have a sick feeling that either Justin Timberlake or the little boy, like one of them is going to be dead by the end of the movie. Mm, and yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't want to watch. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I get that way with some movies, but then I'm like, yeah, but then you like, if it if the movie's intent is not to to make a big scene out of the death and and have that death kind of be uh, thrown under the rug as far as um, meaning and narrative coherence, I think that's one thing. But when they do it right and they do it effectively for purposes of amplifying the rest of the story um, and its themes, you know, I, I think there can be some good that comes out of it, even if it is slightly predictable. But uh, I get why you wouldn't want to watch it. Yeah, how about how about you watch it and and you let me know? Okay, and then if no one dies, I I can tell you, and then you can be like, okay, like I'll check it out. And then yeah, yeah, I'll do that. Uh, both of these movies are coming out in February, it seems. Um, and then I think I saw the little things it's doing. So it's it's part of the Warner Brothers slate for 2021, and uh, it is going to be releasing theatrically alongside uh, a streaming release on HBO Max too. So uh, you won't have to wait long to watch that movie. Speaking of um, HBO Max, Legendary Entertainment is fighting like hell to keep Dune in the theatrical release window exclusively without it going to streaming because they're worried that it's going to cost them a whole lot of money and thus it won't be the franchise that they want it to be because they want to release it as a two-part story. Um, so one film, you know, in 2021 and then another at some other undis- undisclosed point. Um, but they kind of want to use that to kick off their um, HBO Max series called uh, Dune the Sisterhood, which is going to be a television series for HBO Max um, set within the film's universe. So, I I mean, all of that information sounds lovely to me. I'll take two films, you know, in the Dune universe and a TV show, um, especially if the two movies are directed by Denis Villeneuve, which I believe they are because he seems pretty adamant. I mean, he said just last week that Dune was his like best work yet. And if Dune, if he's saying Dune is his best work yet after all of the films that he's released, sign me the fuck up. Like... <laughs> I will I will watch I mean, it whenever you want me to, Denis Villeneuve. I will stay up for 
72 hours before I have to, you know, if I have to wait that long to watch it and you, you know, you hold me at gunpoint and you're like, you must stay up and you must eat like a whole bag of marshmallows. Like, okay, fine. I'll do it. I don't even like marshmallows, but I'll do it. Give it to me. Just um, give me anything and everything for this movie. And uh, so anyway, I'm way off the point. Um, The point was that Legendary is not going to let Warner Brothers um, unilaterally make that decision. And I'm glad that they're kind of fighting it back. Um, It's not saying that Dune's officially um, going to be theatrical only, but it does suggest that they are fighting tooth and nail for that to um, remain the only option. I I think money wise they'd be safer if they did a dual release in theaters and and on HBO Max. Uh, maybe that's why I'm not a successful businessman. But I mean, from from my side of things, it seems like that would make the most sense for them, especially if they're trying to get you know the biggest bang for their buck, so to speak. Um, just because I get why they wouldn't want to do it exclusively on HBO Max because not everybody has HBO Max, but also not everyone's going to want to go to the theaters right now either. So mm. I think their safest bet would be to do both. Um, so I violently disagree with that. Um, oh I don't agree with the um, notion of them releasing it early on right now. I mean, it's slated to come out, I think in October. Um so it's still a ways away and like, it's not like they're trying to rush it to release it in like February or something while the pandemic's still raging. Um, so I think that they really should keep that theatrical window because I don't know what HBO and what Warner brothers and Warner media has negotiated in terms of because they did make this unilateral decision. Legendary entertainment knew nothing about it. Um, they literally found out the same way that everyone else did, which is on Twitter. You know, the director wrote a pretty heavy handed statement and variety um, regarding it. And he was like, yeah, I got no information. I just happened to log on to Twitter and see it, that they were putting my movie on HBO Max without, you know, talking to me about it at all. So I don't know what they've negotiated as far as uh, back end payments for releasing a movie like this on HBO Max. And I think that's where the problem is. It's the contracts. It's the how does the money get allocated then? Um, because I'm gonna I'm gonna wager that they probably were able to make more money releasing something like this in theaters than they are going to releasing it um, on streaming and in the theatrical market. So I I think they are gonna see a, they're gonna get killed on their return invest return on investment, and um, and it's. It's it's a rocky situation because obviously if the pandemic still if we haven't gotten gotten it under control by you know next October with the new strains and the mutations on the virus like um, obviously you're not going to be able to release it in the theater at that point or at least you shouldn't um, so you're you're going to have to do something because the movie has to come out at some point right because the longer and longer you push it back. Um, the less amount of eyes that you're going to get on it eventually. Um, and so it's kind of a rocky situation for them, but I, I understand why they want to push the theatrical release so hard. Um, because I mean, specifically with legendary entertainment, you know, the producers of this, 
they weren't informed of this. And so they actually took Warner media to court over this. And, um, you know, they're trying to get that legislature, that, uh, litigation solved, hopefully by the time this film releases. And I, I can see from their perspective, they threw a whole bunch of money behind a project and then they weren't going to make as much money back because the company, um, decided to, you know, their, their parent company essentially, in this instance, decided to release it simultaneously on streaming because I think if people have the option to stay home and stream it, they're going to, um, rather than going out uh, and dealing with people, especially after a year like this. So um, I understand their argument and I'm kind of on their side, but I also understand Warner Media's argument of um, they want to kind of stabilize their market, right? It was so unstable and uncertain that they thought, you know, maybe if we do both um, and we don't charge our subscribers any extra fee for these movies, then everything will be okay and we'll kind of stabilize out our market a little bit. But that was, again, a unilateral decision that they made without consulting anyone else. So if they would have went, I think they should have just went to their producers, their you know, um, sister companies like legendary and they should have talked about this before just making the decision, right? Like this should have been, everyone should have negotiated and been on the same page with doing this because now we've just created litigation issues. I mean, yeah. I mean, if, if the circumstances were different then yeah, I would, I would definitely get, uh, wanting to do just a theatrical release uh, and, you know, I mean, given that its release isn't until October of 2021, we have no idea what what the circumstances are even going to be like at that point. So, I mean, I guess I'm just thinking, like, is it a little too early to make a decision like this at this point with everything that's going on? Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. I think they should have talked with everyone and I think they should have been like, okay, well, we'll, I get for the, especially for like the first half of, of the year, right? Like the things that are supposed to be releasing in February or like, yeah, I understand wanting to do both. Um, but with things that are later on in the year, they could have at least been like, okay, well we plan on releasing it theatrically after this point. However, based on what the health experts are saying and based on what Congress and, And, you know, the office of the president is saying, um, and we'll just kind of put that in our back pocket and have that as a plan B, but every, all of the loose details are kind of worked out, but instead it seems like they just kind of rushed this decision without really taking into consideration anyone else's opinion. And that's where the problem I think lies. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't, I don't think it was okay of them to just like straight up make that kind of decision without like letting anyone know. Uh, I mean, I, I think that they probably, everyone should probably just like wait a bit and just see how this goes before figuring out what they should do rather than just start making decisions left and right, especially without consulting everyone. That was, that was kind of, uh, dumb on their part, but it was, yeah, I, I just, I think they should probably just wait a little bit because, I mean, 
theaters are closing right now. We don't know if we're even going to be able to open anything back up right now. I mean, they're making a decision that we can't even figure out for a few months now. Yeah. Um, so I guess the point is we'll keep updating you on this story because it's not over yet. Um, this is going to go back and forth for, I suspect, um, at least until the new year, um, at least, you know, through January, this will be an issue if not longer. Um, so we'll keep updating you here on the podcast about that, but you might remember a while back when we talked about a possible reboot slash sequel of The Exorcist. Well, we have some new information, and it seems like Blumhouse has director David Gordon Green in talks for helming that project. And honestly, this was the first bit of good news that we got, I think, out of this project. Um, At least some solid news where I was like, okay, so they might have something worth revisiting here if you have David Gordon Green coming on to direct it. And and again, he's not confirmed yet, but uh, he is in talks to direct. So more than likely, he'll end up helming the project. Uh, Linda, how do you feel about this? Because I know that last time we talked about the story, you weren't quite sure um, if this was a necessary um, kind of reboot that they needed to even tackle. But now we're getting more details. It's a sequel to The Exorcist, and uh, we have David Gordon Green possibly coming on to direct. I mean, I I wouldn't say I was... I was more worried for them than I was about myself or even the movie, because picking up a project like this is stepping on quite a few people's toes, a lot of people weren't okay with that. I was seeing comment after comment of people just saying to leave it alone. But I think with David Gordon Green attached to the project or, you know, even rumored to be attached to the project and Blumhouse uh, pretty much homing the show for itself, I think that kind of brings me a little bit more hope. And I kind of hope it does the same for for others as well. I think for what it's worth, they're kind of stepping into the right direction for a project this this big. So I mean, I I, I remain hopeful and optimistic for the show. Yeah, I th- I think definitely like this is some good news anyway. Um, like it's at least positive, right? It at least increases your excitement level a little bit. Um. You know, and so I think in that respect, um, they may be making some positive moves towards creating something that's satisfying for longtime fans of The Exorcist and also potentially brings on new fans of the franchise. Because, like, he did the same with Halloween, right? Like, yeah, and um, I really liked what he did with Halloween, too. Yeah. Like, I have he some took problems something with it. that was already really big and yeah. he, he took good care of it. He did. I mean, and I have issues with that movie too, right? That I still can't get past. Um, But at the same time, I have to, I recognize that that movie is so beloved by people that hadn't even watched the original. Like I know people specifically in my life that have never seen the original Halloween, still haven't seen the original Halloween. And they absolutely love that movie, that 2018 Halloween. So it's a good sign for both a reboot and a continuation of the story to have someone that knows how to handle um, material that has been around for a while and really make it satisfying for, for all fans. So it's exciting news. 
Absolutely. But we really don't have anything other than those two (laughs) news pieces to cover. I mean, we do have some Twitch DMCA stuff uh, that's getting passed in, in the current like stimulus bill that was just vetoed by the president. Um, We have uh, some other stimulus news about theaters getting like $15 billion in uh, stimulus money to help pay for any losses, cover any payroll, um, any rent. So good news there. Uh, And it initially didn't include, um, I think it initially didn't include uh, movie theaters, but they added, because it was originally $10 billion, but they added a $5 billion bonus onto that piece of legislation that's called a save our um save our theaters i think save um, our stages what save our stages oh yeah save our stages that's right um and i just recorded the news story on that <laughs> for the news bit and i've completely forgot what that provision was called but um yeah save our stages which a uh, great piece of legislation definitely needs to happen um I would have liked to seen more, um, but you know, as long as some of the smaller local theaters get that get that aid, um, and some of the chains too, you know, hopefully they're able to at least float their way into a time when we're going to be open opening back up the the theater market again for for everyone to go enjoy their movies at the cinema. Because boy, do I miss those days! But that's it for the news this week. Um, Thank you for sticking with us. I know you're probably tired of hearing about HBO Max and Warner Media and and everything with that situation. I know Linda is. Um. <laughs> oh, jeez! Don't don't drag me into this. Like I'm the one that's complaining behind the scenes. Like Jared, we have to stop. Like no. <laughs> I just love constantly evolving stories like that. Like you probably noticed by now, we cover a lot of the stories that we've previously talked about just because like, it's nice to get some resolution. Although, Mm -hmm. like I said, I'm pretty sure that's going to be ongoing. So expect to hear from us again, but we're going to try not to make it main news topics. So um, much like this episode, we're going to get into our main news topic here after a quick break. And that is going to be letting you know, Some of the different holiday-themed movies that you can watch right now on streaming, both in movie format and in television format. So stay tuned, and we will be right back. I wanted to tell you a little bit about our website, theborrowreviews.com. If you like indie movies, or blockbuster movies, and anything in between, really, on our site you'll find podcasts, movie reviews, opinion articles, and more content that covers all types of cinema but we especially love a good horror movie here at The Burrow. If you're looking for a review of your latest project, we got you covered. Simply search theburrowreviews.com in your web browser and you'll find us. As a company residing in Nebraska, we know just how hard it can be to get your message out to the world, and we're here to help. Find our contact page on our website and fill out the form. You'll also find a list of submission guidelines on the page. And while not every submission will be accepted, mainly due to time restrictions, it is always worth a shot. So, what are you waiting for? Head over to the site now and check it out. The Borough Reviews, your movie refuge. Alright, and we are back from the break. Uh, yeah. Let's give you some Christmas recommendations, um, specifically on what to watch, what to have on the background as you open up your presents and drink your hot chocolate, um, you know, cr- after Christmas dinner, you know, what are you, what are you going to watch with the family? 
well, there are a few different options. And quite frankly, there are a lot of different options because we live in the digital age of streaming. So we're going to give you um, some recommendations based off what we think you should watch. And um, that could go one of two ways. We could recommend some really horrible, awful stuff, which I'm sure I'm going to get to here in a second. <laughs> Um, but then I'm sure that Linda's list is actually probably going to be pretty good. And, uh, you know, she'll, she'll point you in the right direction on what's going to be the most entertaining for you and your family as to where I'm going to give you the trash. So, um, <laughs> I'm not going to give you all trash, you, but, um, but I, I'm going to let Linda shine here since she's the one who, who made the list. Um, and I'm just reading lists off of, uh, other people's sites. Um, <laughs> but, uh, no, Linda, why don't you start us off with one that you have on your list? So the first one I have on my list, I tried to find a movie that I feel like I don't hear enough about. So the first one off my list is Dead End. It is a horror movie from 2003. And the synopsis goes, on Christmas Eve, on his way to his in-laws with his family, Frank Carrington decides to try a shortcut for the first time in 20 years, it turns out hmm. to be the biggest mistake of his life. Uh, you can find this movie on Amazon Prime Video, and I am actually a, a pretty good fan of this movie. I've watched it a couple of times. I try to watch it around Christmas time, if at all possible. Uh, it does have Lynn Shay in it, and it's a really good movie that plays a lot on paranoia, and it it has a really good twist ending as well. And it's just, it, it keeps you very interested from beginning to end. It does not waste any time on its plot. And I think it's definitely a movie to, to tech, to check out this year. Hmm. All right. Um, I, I did have a recommendation as well for a horror movie. I guess we'll start with the horror movie. Um, I recommend uh, 2019's uh, Black Christmas on HBO Max. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I am recommending Krampus, uh, which was a 2015 horror movie um, that you can actually find on Hulu. I quite like Krampus. I don't know Damn about it. you. You took one of mine. Did I? Because I didn't even have that on my list, Linda. I, I just thought of it. I was like, oh, that's a Christmas movie. I love Krampus. Yeah, Krampus is great. Uh, Krampus follows a boy who has a bad Christmas accidentally and accidentally summons a festive demon to his family home. It's great. Um, you'll love it, honestly. <laughs> like, you have so much fun with this movie. Um, it feels like it's one of those movies that even though it's considered a horror movie, you can totally watch it with your family and have Yeah, oh, 100%. I think it's, it's PG-13. Yeah, it is PG-13. Yeah. So feel free to, like, just pop this in um well not pop it in you know that's obviously a figure of speech but uh go to hulu and uh watch this especially if you haven't it it's got such a great cast you know rounded out by tony collette and adam scott and uh no it's a whole lot of fun so that would be my recommendation to you uh what else do you have linda I can't believe he stole one of mine uh my next one is elf <laughs> I actually really like Elf. For those of you who have not watched Elf, the plot goes after discovering he is a human, a man raised as an elf at the North Pole decides to travel to New York City to locate his real father. Hate it all you want, Jared. It's a pretty decent film. It is. It is. I just don't 
find Will Ferrell to be all that funny, except for maybe Elf and and the other guys. Really, that's it. And you know, it's okay, fine, Step Brothers, whatever. But those are I the only three. Old school. Hmm. I don't necessarily care for old school, but that's a whole separate discussion. See, it's a dumb movie, but I like the scene where he got shot by a tranquilizer gun. Mm. And oh, oh. stuck in that chair. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, um, uh, fine, but like Elf, I'm Elf not is here to vouch for old school. I'm just here to vouch for the scene where he's on tranquilizer. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, Elf is a good movie. It's a good family friendly movie, and it's funny. And you know, you have Zoe Deschanel, Mary Steenburgen. James can and you know of course Will Ferrell and hmm. I think it's a good one. Well, so I've got you beat with my next pick. What's your next and pick? My next pick is the night, and that is <laughs> K N I G H T before Christmas, and it stars what? Vanessa Hutchins <laughs> as she becomes friends with a medieval knight who ends up in present day Ohio. And you can find this movie on um, Netflix. Oh, my God. <laughs> Am I wrong I'm for picking kidding. this? Come on. You know you like it. I've never watched it. I don't watch, like, Hallmark movies. Oh, but it's on Netflix. See? Okay, but Netflix is starting to get pretty Hallmarky with their Christmas movies. You can't even deny it. And it's yeah. only got five and a half out of ten stars. Oh, Oh, listen, I watched this last year, and uh, I regretted my life, but also I was super depressed last year, so actually, like, <laughs> my experience with the movie is a little right bit now. different. It's um, Christmas! <laughs> so my experience with this movie is if you're really depressed and you want something to, you know, turn on and make yourself not feel so bad about yourself and your life, you turn on night before christmas um or rather the night before christmas i should say don't let Um, jared guilt you guys into watching stuff you watch whatever you want it's a quick watch it's like an hour and a half if they want to turn on krampus or something after that they can but you know it's just something to lighten the mood this is a movie that you have on in the background right you don't need to pay attention to it but you're getting all of that christmas joy and you're getting like some medieval nightery and i don't know it it's fine um, honestly, it's not that great, but uh, it's not bad either. So, <laughs> what else do you have, Linda? Uh, next one I have is How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Oh, wow. You're taking all the basic ones. I'm kidding. Oh, oh my gosh. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> this one you can also find on Netflix. It uh, goes, on the outskirts of Whoville lives a green, revenge-seeking Grinch who plans to ruin Christmas for all the citizens of the town. This one is a childhood classic, okay? It makes you feel good, and honestly, the Grinch's self-loathing is very relatable to any adult, so I I stand by it. And also, it has Taylor Momsen in it, and she's in one of my favorite bands ever, The Pretty Reckless. So, of course, I have to support her in whatever she does. Whoa, she's in The Pretty Reckless? I love The Pretty Reckless. I guess I I've never paid attention. Pretty a- Reckless. Yeah. I've never she's paid attention. Wow. Oh, the Pretty Reckless is one of my favorite bands. Oh, my gosh. Mm. I saw them at Rockfest one year. Uh, they oh. were on during the day i think they it was 2015 
or 2016 might have been 2015 um and they were playing with uh they played like either right before or right after star set the first time that i saw star set so that was a pretty cool like lineup oh my god i just i their new release 25 so good i love house on a hill i love make me want to die i love we belong we down below i i i love that band and i love hearing it them all the time on my spotify they're probably like 90 percent of my spotify along with in this moment i just i love them and so of course i had to add her very first acting credit which mm. is how the grinch stole christmas mm. good pick good pick uh speaking of that you should check out spirit box if you're into like a lead vocalist that is probably my favorite like emerging band of 2020 and boy, do they have some bangers. So check out Spirit Box. I'm sure if you like In This Moment and The Pretty Reckless, I would definitely say Spirit Box is more metal than either of those two. Um, I like metal, though. So yeah, they're more in line that. with In This Moment than they are The Pretty Reckless, to be honest. But uh, yeah, check out Spirit Box. Um, oh music gosh. recommendations on the Into the Burrow <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Little gothic me, if you'd known me in high school, you would probably know that I try to base my style if I ever actually dressed in something other than sweatpants. Mm-hmm. I try to dress based off of Taylor Momsen because I try to be, you know, that hardcore bitch, even though I was very soft and easily cryable. But, you know, <laughs> I try to block that. Mm. The next one that I have here. Are you ready for this? This isn't a bad pick. This isn't a bad pick. I just want to say. But I think you should go out and you should watch the Muppet Christmas Carol from 1992. Oh my god. On Disney Plus. Is sentimental about this one for you? Or are you just reading it off of the thing? Uh, This one I'm reading off the thing. So this one I have no connection to. But I do think... Okay, but for kids, but for kids watching like an older like Muppet the Christmas Carol, there might be something that like, I don't know, I just feel like it's a good family. I think it's a good family movie, right? Like it's a good family bridge. Because yeah, How the Grinch Stole Christmas is great and everything and I love it. And, you know, but like I'm talking for like young, young kids, right? Like, and especially for kids who don't know what the Christmas Carol is. It's a good way to kind of introduce them into that story because honestly, as kind of cringy as it sounds, the Chris- a Christmas Carol is like one of my favorite um, like holiday stories. Like, and it gets retold every so often, you know, you have the Jim Carrey version, um, you have Bill Murray's Scrooge, but um, I, I just think that this is a nice nice like intro for like families and really like young families with young kids did i justify myself at all to you yeah kind (laughs) of clearly i did not (laughs) it was it was okay okay (laughs) that means you didn't like it but uh okay okay um clearly i'm not the audience they're trying to capture here so yeah okay um fair enough i will i will take my criticism and i will move on (laughs) um (laughs) uh what else do you have on your list uh my next one is better watch out from 2016 it is a horror comedy 
On a quiet suburban street, a babysitter must defend a 12-year-old boy from intruders, only to discover it's far from a normal home invasion. I like to consider it as Home Alone with a twist. Yeah. And um, have you ever seen it? No. Oh, my God. I feel like you would really like it. It's it's so good. And I, I literally cannot say a single thing other than it's good without spoiling it. Mm-hmm. But I watched it once, like, a couple years ago. And just after that first time, it quickly became one of my favorite, like, holiday movies to watch. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, no, it was the acting's really great and it does kind of keep that good balance of like comedy and like, you know, tension and uh just kind of how sadistic some of the characters are. And yeah. it's it's so good. And you can find it on either Shutter or Amazon Prime Video. Uh I definitely recommend watching it, especially if you are just like someone who's kind of a horror fan fan especially when it comes to like holiday themed horror movies this is definitely a good one to check out Hmm. okay well i also have a horror comedy on my list but it's a musical as well so i have one up to you and that is and in the apocalypse (laughs) which you can watch right now on hulu full disclosure i have not seen anna and the apocalypse in full but i have seen clips from it and what I can tell you about Anna and the Apocalypse is that it seems like it's a whole lot of fun, but it's a zombie apocalypse um, that threatens the sleepy town of Little Haven at Christmas, forcing Anna and her friends to fight, slash, and sing their way to survival facing the undead in a desperate race to reach their loved ones. Um, yeah, what fun um, this movie seems like. Like It stars Ella Hunt and Sarah Swire, Malcolm Cumming, but it... It just really has that Christmas spirit feel to it. Like we're banding together and even in the apocalypse, even with the zombie apocalypse, people are still able to have fun and sing. And uh, I really dig that. So if you're into musicals and you like zombie movies, I think this is going to be the perfect mix for you. It is rated R though, so not kid friendly. <laughs> Unlike the, the Muppets Christmas Carol. Yeah, see, I'm giving you variety here. All right, there you go. I mean, I had a bit of variety there. I mean... You did. See, there you go. But did you have a musical? Um, yeah. One of them can be considered a bit of a musical. Hmm. So, well, one of them... Why don't you tell us about the musical? Um... It's a little further down my list. I'd like to wait a minute, but but you'll know once I tell you about it. Oh, okay. Okay, fair okay. enough. Okay. Um, my next one is Black Christmas, but not the 2019 or the 2006 version, but the original 1974. Uh, during their Christmas break, a group of sorority girls are stopped by a stranger, and you can find it on Shudder. I picked this one because... You know, to put it quite simply, it is a classic. It started off the holiday horror movie craze. And it also kind of started up a lot of classic horror movie tropes. So I think it's a classic. I think anyone who's a horror fan should watch it at least once in their life. So, I mean, it's no musical. It's no Muppets. But I still think you'll enjoy it. 
<laughs> it's no Muppets. Get out of here with that. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, okay, I'll do one a better. I'll do one better than the Muppets. How about that, Linda? Okay. I have on my list Christmas. Oh, to, well. So to to conclude with Linda about about Black Christmas, I do think it's a really good movie, and I do think you should check it out. And if you don't have a Shutter yeah. subscription yet, you need one. So, uh, the next one I have. I have Christmas with the Cranks, which you can find oh. on Hulu. Damn it! <laughs> Is that on yours? Yes, it's Lane's favorite movie of all time. He loves Really? It. Holy yeah, shit, okay. I didn't know Oh that. my god. Okay, funny story. When Lane and I first started living together, <laughs> I decided to just put it on because, you know, what the hell? It was the only thing that was on. As soon as that song from the beginning started playing, <laughs> he was in the bathroom. And I could just hear him yell from the bathroom, is that Christmas with the crank? <laughs> he knew. He knew. Oh, my God. He's like, I used to watch that movie all the time when I was little. It was the only movie I'd ever watched. I was mm. like, oh, my God, Lane. But, I mean, i not going to lie. It is a good movie. It is. Uh, it's hilariously bad actually but it has jamie lee curtis and tim allen in it so it makes up for being not a great movie i think personally with uh how much fun you can have with it um and i think really that's the point of that movie um Ooh, i'm gonna tell Lane that you called it a bad movie it is kind of a bad movie but it's bad in the best way possible if that makes sense i mean i guess Oh, it's just so cliched, but I love it. I still love it. Um, and it's great slapstick comedy. Like the, when I think of Christmas with the Cranks, I think of her, you know, trying to shop and that shopping nightmare with the with the dinner and then, you know, <laughs> losing like some of the ingredients, like the can that rolls out into the middle of the street. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a can, right? Yeah, it's been so long. it was like the... Like a ham and the can type of situation. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, no, I just think of that. And um, yeah, no, it's, I, I, I recommend it. It's still great, in my opinion. I'm just saying, like, from a technical standpoint, it's a little bit of a mess, but um, but I love it for it. So uh, what do you have next? The next one I have is actually a TV show. Okay. I have two episodes from The Simpsons that I really like watching. One of them is actually the first episode ever, The Simpsons Roasting on an Open Fire. I just really like it because that's when they got Santa's Little Helper. Mm. And it's a really cute episode. And it's also the episode that started off The Simpsons. So, you know, it's it's always a good one to watch. And then the next one is from season 23, Holidays of Future Past. It's just a really fun, like, future episode that kind of shows you, like, what the Simpson kids are, like, doing now. And, like, Maggie's this big rock star. Uh, Lisa and Milhouse got married. Bart is, like, divorced with two sons that love spending time with Homer. And so it's a really fun episode to watch, especially with, like, how they overdo, like, how the future is supposed to be. Um, but you can find the entire series of The Simpsons on Disney+. Plus. So if you ever wanted to check those out, that's where you can find those. Awesome. Um, I have 
uh, a great episode recommendation for you too. It's the Long Night Game of Thrones season eight, episode three. No, I'm just kidding. Don't don't watch that mon- monstrosity. Uh, what wow. you're gonna want to watch instead is you're gonna want to watch. Um, oh man, I just had it here. Um, Netflix has a whole bunch of things on it right now for like holiday shows. So um, I'm pairing these all kind of together. But since you brought up TV, I wanted to bring up like some of the holiday shows that you can watch. Um, the Great British Baking Show has their holiday season up, um, and you can find that on Netflix as well as Nailed It Holiday. Um, I love Nailed It. Nailed It's such a fun show just to like sit back and turn your mind off to and watch other people be bad at things so you don't feel bad. (laughs) And then also, uh, you have the obviously season two of Sugar Rush Christmas. And, uh, I am about five episodes into that. And I must say that this season of Sugar Rush Christmas has been pretty tight on the competition. Everyone is, uh, bringing their A game to baking those Christmas cookies. So, um, (laughs) watch that. Wow. Did you say bringing their A game to their to baking? Yeah, I did. I I liked hearing you be psyched up about people baking. That was really nice. I know. Um, I'm not usually <laughs> psyched up about things like that, but you know what? It's fun. It it's hearing you say that actually kind of made me want to watch it. Not gonna lie. See, I'm doing my job. <laughs> there you go. Um, <clears throat> my next one. I put down literally any Christmas episode from Bob's Burgers. Let me just tell you, you can never go wrong with Bob's Burgers. You really can't. (laughs) And you can find the show on Hulu. Uh, But if you want to know my personal favorite from from Bob's Burgers, it's the Christmas two-parter episodes from season eight, The Bleakening and The Bleakening Part Two, which is kind of a musical so i do have a musical thing on here ah because let's face it bob's burgers song slap and the bleakin episode was probably one of their best christmas episodes but all of them are pretty freaking good um so the bleakin is pretty much their version of krampus so the kids naturally bob's burgers kids want to go hunting for the bleakin and it's very good, and I love watching it. Hmm. Well, that was a good recommendation. Thank and you. As far as TV shows go, I don't really have much else in, in terms of, of TV shows to recommend. I mean, there's a bunch of different... Um, I think House did like this weird episode. I don't remember what it was called, so I'd have to go back and find it. But House did a really weird, like a zombie Christmas episode thing type thing. A lot of zombie Christmas things going on. Um, but House was one of those shows that they always kind of like were innovative in terms of what they were doing for like network television. And so their like Christmas specials that I can think of. Um, were were quite spectacular actually so you can go check those out but i don't really have any other like tv recommendations for christmas shows um the next one that i had on my list specifically revolving like christmas was a pretty basic one um so i didn't want to go you know i didn't want to start with this because it, it seems kind of like a given but home alone from 19 you know 1990 what a great nineties movie that you can watch and stream on Disney plus right now. Um, 
And I don't know, I I imagine that they also have um, Home Alone 2 Lost in New York on there as well. But don't quote me on that. I will check. Cough, cough, basic. Cough, cough. Yeah, it is pretty basic. But hey, at least I didn't do How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Wow. Okay. Okay. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) Stop. It seems like you started with more basic ones and then you've gotten better. The first one I put down, like, I'm pretty sure no one's even heard of. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I liked it, but I'll be the first to admit, like, it's a pretty, like, not well-known movie. Mm. So, fight me. So, my, my next one is Die Hard. Uh... (laughs) Die Hard, yeah. Uh, An NYPD officer tries to save his wife and several others taken hostage by German terrorists during a Christmas party at the Nakatomi Plaza in Los Angeles. So I'm pretty sure Jared did not put down a crime action movie on his list. So that is one more thing that I have above him. Ooh, I did not. You are right. Um, Yeah. Now, I was about ready to say, though, as I was reading this list here, I was about ready to talk about Jingle All the Way. Or, or I will even consider True Lies to be a Christmas movie. That's a stretch, but I'll do it. I'll, I'll argue. Wow. Like, Okay, first of all, you can find Die Hard on HBO Max. Second of all, Die Hard literally has in the plot that it's during a Christmas party. Like what? What about True Lies would you say would make it a Christmas movie officially? The ending. Oh how about God. that? How about oh the God. ending? Do you know how many movies we can make a Christmas movie <laughs> if we talk about the ending? Like technically, I could do that about Cheaper by the Cheaper by the Dozen because the very last scene, right before the credits roll, they're having a Christmas dinner. Well, I and they consider won. that to be a Christmas movie. Oh my god, Jerry! I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm stretching there with that. But I was going to say Jingle All the Way, which is an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie um, from the '90s. I think it was '96. Uh, yeah, um, Jingle All the Way spotlights the obsession with getting the year's hot holiday toy and the trials of being a parent willing to go through to find it. So, um, kind of relatable. I don't know. Arnold Schwarzenegger comedies, you know, from the 80s and 90s are kind of my thing. Um, I've watched almost every single one of them. I love them. They're all good in their own way, um, <laughs> which is why so desperately I tried to get True Lies in there. But uh, wow. um, but no, to, to your credit, I did not put an action. An act, although you could kind of consider Anne and the Apocalypse. But um, as far no, as like, shoot them up. <laughs> Yeah, as far as like shoot 'em up, you know, action movies. No, I, I do not. You're right. Hmm. Well, there we go. So I'm the best at putting together lists. Let's just say that now. Um, <laughs> mm. but I do have one more on my list. Uh, the only thing about it is that I don't think it's streaming anywhere, but you can like always rent it on like Amazon Prime Video or on YouTube or anything like that. But the last one I have is Gremlins. A boy Mm. inadvertently breaks three important rules concerning his new pet and unleashes a horde of malevolently mischievous monsters on a small town. 
This is probably one of my favorite childhood movies of all time. This is probably the only movie that I actually go out of my way to watch every year. I used to love Gremlins as a child, and I still do now. It's, oh my gosh, it's so good. And I even like the crappy little sequel they made with all the little Gremlin hybrid things. Yeah. No, Gremlins, I'm glad you put that on here because that's, I mean, obviously it's so clearly associated with Christmas, right? Um, And I feel like most people have it on their list. Like if they actually took the time to think about like what are some of the like best Christmas movies, but it's probably not one that people are going to go back and revisit immediately around Christmas time. So I am really glad that you brought that up because I did not have that on my list and it makes total sense to have it there. It's a good movie, guys, and it does take place like uh, Gizmo. He's literally a Christmas present, and that you know, Christmas baby come home song is the song playing during the opening credits, mm-hmm. and they do mess around with like Christmas lights and stuff. It's it's very clearly a Christmas movie, and yeah. it's a good one at that. It is. Um- the last one that I had that I wanted to make sure I announced um, was Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the 1964 version. Um, it's not streaming anywhere, but you can rent it on Vudu. Uh, but I just wanted to put that out there because <clears throat> my childhood, especially around like, you know, holidays and stuff, I spent, you know, watching things like uh, Peter Rabbit, like the old version or Rudolph yeah. the Reindeer for like Christmas. It's just, um, my mom didn't have a lot of VHSs, but the ones that uh, we did have at home um, were those kinds of movies. They were the old animated ones. And so with Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, I always remember watching that either a couple days before Christmas or specifically like on Christmas Eve. Um, typically when we were sitting down for dinner and then afterwards we would put on Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And so that just, it brings me right back home. And I think that's why I have it on this list um, that I made like impromptu just because it's one of the few movies that, yeah, that I just, I love it. It's the same thing, um, how people feel about like a Charlie, a Charlie Brown Christmas, you know, you hear people talk about that one all the time and it's the same kind of thing. It's just something that brings you back to that feeling of, of being a kid again and, and waking up to, you know, a bunch of like presents under the Christmas tree. Um, I will say a close, like follow up to that as far as Christmas movies go is a uh, kiss, kiss, bang, bang with Val Kilmer and Robert Downey Jr. I think that is a great, like film noir, like modern, like film noir, uh, Christmas movie that if you haven't watched, I would definitely make a point to see and you can stream that, um, on Amazon right now, I believe. Nice. And I'm glad you said that. Cause that actually reminds me, uh, I should probably add one more onto my list, and that's How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the 1966 uh, cartoon. Because mm, that one was favorite. also one. Yeah, that one's a really good one to watch as well, especially if you are a fan of like the Grinch store and watching those. Um, and I never knew this before either. Um, it only has one acting credit on IMDb, and I did not know that Boris Karloff was the voice of the narrator or the Grinch. And those of you who don't know Boris Karloff is he is very widely known in the horror community for his work, like back in the thirties and forties, mm-hmm. like he was 
probably like one of the original Frankenstein's monsters and one of the original mummies. So mm-hmm. I I did not know he was the Grinch. I think that's very cool. Yeah. Um Boris Karloff. So he was he basically was in all of those like hammer films that people always talk about back when like um back when like Warner Brothers was doing their or sorry, Universal was doing their like um monster movies. Uh really great stuff. And yeah, for him to be like narrating that and it's it, he has such the perfect voice. Like when I think of the when I think of the Grinch, I literally think of that version. Um that original version with his voice attached to it and like the mannerisms that, you know, were created through the animated um through the animated movie like just just great it's great stuff oh yeah i mean it's such a it's definitely one to watch like if you're like parents of like really young kids it's a good one to watch like together as a family and it's it's so adorable i love how they portrayed max in that movie too he was Mm -hmm. such a cute little dog in that Mm -hmm. it's a good one yeah um, so those are our Christmas picks. Um, we do want to hear back from you though, cause this episode is going to be releasing at 11 AM on the 24th. So on Christmas Eve, but right in the morning, we're releasing this episode. So if you have Christmas recommendations for us, we would like to hear it. Uh, just let us know in the comments it could be in the comments of, uh, any of the posts that we make about the podcast. You can tweet at us directly, but we just want to hear from you. Uh, what are some of your favorite Christmas movies around this time to watch with your families? And um, beyond that too, like what traditions do you have? I'm always curious because everyone seems to have their own traditions and I'm still like formulating mine on my own. And so I, I just love hearing about it, but um, give us your recommendations for things that we should watch over the holidays. And um, yeah, I think that about covers this. So we're going to take one more break and then we'll be, right back to tell you a little bit about what to expect from the new year for the Into the Burrow podcast. I'm sure you know by now, but we have our own YouTube channel. We upload video reviews of the latest television shows or movies, and we even have some Let's Plays on there. Simply search the Burrow Reviews in YouTube search bar to find us. Lately, we have been heavily focused on our curated horror content. We do have a goal, however, to reach 100 subscribers by the end of the year. Right now, we are about 15 away from reaching that goal, and it would mean everything to the team here at the borough to be able to reach it by the end of this year. Make sure to not only subscribe if you like the content, but to give the videos a thumbs up and ring the bell to make sure you receive notifications in the future when we upload a new video. The Borough Reviews, your movie refuge. All right, Linda, that wraps up the last episode of the Into the Row podcast for the year of 2020. How are you feeling about this year? We did we did a lot of work, but we did a lot of good work. I feel very accomplished. I feel very proud of what we did this year for the limited amount of stuff we could do. <laughs> but I feel like for everything we had, we did very well, and we used the most out of our resources. So I feel very proud of us. I do too. And I can't wait until we can get together again and do video reviews. <laughs> Won't that be That'd a good be time? <laughs> um, especially with the new office and everything. Like I really spent this year just working on my vision for what I wanted to be doing with the borough going forward and uh, revamping the entire brand basically. Um, 
not starting from scratch, obviously, I had a pre-established base, but uh, really just reconstructing every little detail. Um, And it's been fun. It's been super challenging, but it's also been super rewarding. And uh, it's thank a good you way so to much. really make it your own. Yeah. Well, thank you so much because like you've really, especially with the Into the Brew podcast, you've really like helped this get on the right track in, in terms of um, like just viewership and content. Like it, it helps to have someone else here that I can bounce ideas back and forth with and talk with. Um, I think it makes everything so much better when we're talking about quality of the podcast. Um, so Here's the thing. I haven't told you this, but just since we started in in August, um, we are about to hit uh, 500 uh, episodes that um, are uh, have been downloaded. So it doesn't necessarily mean like the amount of listeners that we've had per episode, but the amount of downloads that we've gotten. Um, Holy shit! We are literally 20, 20 downloads away from five hundred just from since August when we started doing this like full time. Um, and so we, I didn't tell you that because uh, I was saving it for this, but we have, um, we have a good solid base and I think people are really digging the podcast. I think people are really digging you on the podcast. So uh, thank you for like sticking with me and um, doing the podcast. Holy shit. People like me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> people do like you. <laughs> oh, well, I'm I'm very humbled and I'm very happy to hear that, you know, that we're creating content that people actually want to listen to and that people are willing to hear us rant and ramble and go back and forth with each other for what, an hour and a half every week. Yeah, I, it's it's cool. I like yeah, it. Yeah, I love it. it. You like it. I love it, Jer. So here's the thing. <laughs> I wanted to list where all people were listening to this from because it's super interesting. So a large portion of our base, about 30% comes from people right here in Lincoln. So probably people that we know um, or people from the community that know about the borough. And so they listen to that. Um, but we also have ten about 10% of our podcast um, people listen in from San Jose, California. So we have people from California listening to this and downloading this podcast, um, which is really cool. We also have people from Boardman, Oregon, from Columbus, Ohio, from Nevada, from uh, Virginia, from Cranberry Township in Pennsylvania. Um, about uh, 5% of our listeners are from Pennsylvania, it seems, right in Cranberry Township. Um, and and then it, it just goes on and on and on. Um, another big oh site, it seems, is Wales. Um, we have a lot of people from Wales. About 10% of our episode downloads came from your, from Europe. Um, we also had um, downloads in Asia and Oceania and South America. Like we have, we do have listeners like all across, like oh my all across God. the world, which is cool. So. That's insane. I mean, I'm pretty sure I know who's listening from Nevada, but I don't know anyone from Wales or 
or Europe or anything. Like, oh my God, that's insane. It is insane. And it's really cool. So I just wanted to um, point out, you know, where people are listening from. Because yeah, I don't know anyone in Sutton Field, um, in Sutton Coldfield, England. Like, I have no idea who lives there. But someone does. And someone keeps downloading the episodes. So um, it's really cool to think about that, that yeah, while while we are still really growing, we're still really early because this podcast, while there were a few episodes that released, you know, like last year for like Scream Resurrection or at the beginning of this year, but there was no like, there was no um, urgency to releasing any episodes until about August. Um, August is where it kind of all changed. And that's where we see most of our growth this year is in August, and that's where we really started to pick up. So, um, yeah, I I truly am appreciative of everyone who has listened to the podcast and has taken time out of their day um, to help us, you know, keep making content and keep talking about the news. So, um, I guess this is a um, holiday thank you to everyone who has supported us this far especially those uh, people on Patreon, those people who subscribe to the YouTube channel, um, to those of you that are watching the Twitch streams that I do. Um, you can find us at the Borough Reviews on Twitch, um, and you can find us pretty much at the Borough Reviews on every platform, except Twitter, where it's at Borough Reviews. And if you haven't yet, we encourage you to go subscribe and go like and share the content. It really helps us. Um, but for those of you who are supporting um, this year specifically, when we really just started this podcast, um, yeah, a big thank you. And we hope that your holiday goes well. We hope you get a little bit of a break and um, that you're fulfilled by the end of the year. And then your New Year's resolutions come at the beginning of the next year and uh, they're fulfilled. So um, that's the thank you from me. Um did you have anything that you wanted to let our listeners know about? Just thank you so much for your support. We really wouldn't be doing this without you guys. Uh, we hope we can continue to give you content that you like. And yeah, we just can't wait to start recording next year. Yeah. So on that note, um, the episode that you're listening to now will be the last one of the year. We're going to take a break for the holidays. Um, and then we're going to reconvene in the first full week of January. So you'll hear from us again on the 8th. And um, so it's a couple of weeks out. But um, to be honest with you, I'm running out of space <laughs> um, for the month in our um, Buzzsprout episode queue. So um, I really don't have much space in there. Um, and so we don't have enough room to record another episode. And I figured with holidays and everything, people are probably going to be busy. Um, so why don't we all take a break and uh, we will reconvene at the beginning of next year. And then uh, hopefully at that point, we'll have rounded up a decent bit of news and probably have watched a couple of movies over the break. So we might even have something to possibly review that episode. Um but yeah, with all that said, again, thank you, and we will see you in the next year. Um, take care and be safe, everyone. Bye. Bye.